When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Abbott Elementary Season 2, Episode 14, Valentine's Day, and Season 2, Episode 15, Fire, are over, but classes in session here on Abbott Elementary, a post-show recap. It is I, Chappelle, and I know it's been a while since our last podcast, but we took a little break from Abbott for a week because Winter Brunson hates us, but uh, Abbott is back, and so is my sister from another mister, amongst other things, the amazing Gia Worthy. Gia, how was your Valentine's Day? What's up? Oh, you know, like, I had a dentist appointment, which is, like, not really a Valentine's Day activity for most people. But they said I had the best teeth of the day. So, you know, like, that that felt very, like, loving to me. So I will take that for the win. It made me feel special. Mm -hmm. But for those of you who really just felt like they missed out on a opportunity to confess your love to me or even just like a like passing interest in me just know that I do accept Telfar bags and Lego bouquets but if Mm. you can only have the budget for one which I understand times are tough right now please make it the Telfar bag (laughs) make no mistake uh, Lego bouquet is cute or whatever but we try to get the bag always (laughs) the Listen, Gregory can get away with that move. The cat, the average viewer listening to this cannot. <laughs> you heard you it are- here first. Yes, exactly. And that is now shade on our 
like on our listeners. I also could not pull off the Lego bouquet move that Gregory was trying to pull off. And honestly, he did not really pull it off either. So that is just, you know, he made it sound sweet, but you know, we want, we want one thing and it is a Telfar bag. <laughs> I, look, facts. Um, <laughs> I've, I've heard the streets talking and uh, they go up for those Telfeezies. Shout out to Mari Forth, uh, the foremost Telfar uh, expert that I know. Um, but yes, uh, we have to get into that a little bit later on. This last week without Abbott felt like, you know, the distance between two Netflix seasons. So it's been a while since we talked, but we have two fun episodes to talk about. I want to thank everyone again for listening. And I want to remind you all to subscribe to Abbott Elementary, a post-show recap, and leave us a five-star review. It helps the podcast get around to more people. The more stars, the more streams, and the more streams, the more Gia and Chappelle collaborations in the future. So go do that. Subscribe to post show recaps too. Uh, you know, just just for good measure, leave us some streams there, uh, some streams over there. Definitely tell us uh, how great we are over there, so then they can know it, and then they also can give us more money. It's a whole thing, but yeah, hype us up, <laughs> and we'll take it. Um, so, GM, you uh, these two episodes before we get into them on a on a micro level, what you think about them overall? I liked them. I really enjoyed i was looking forward to the valentine's day you know like we we had already said that we were looking forward to the valentine's day we knew that it was going to kind of fall into where the abbott elementary uh schedule was going to be back on track so i was very excited for it i think for a first valentine's day episode it was very cute it hit all the points most of the cast had at least uh, a moment or two to shine and we got gary the vending machine guy back and i was very happy to see him even though it was only for like a few moments but it did not disappoint in there yeah this was a feel-good episode for me of abbott which abbott does really well abbott does the feels really good uh and then this was a lot of the um you know, the Gregory and Janine, will they, won't they, bubbling to the surface a little bit. Because in the past, we've talked about, you know, like, now that this information has gotten to Jacob, what's going to happen with it? And I'm not shocked to see that it didn't last very long. Uh, we also had the fire episode, Gia, which was a little bit more serious, but serious in a way that Abbott can only do, right? Like, they can do serious topics and keep it so light and so fun. Um, and so I did enjoy that one as well. Yeah, I think that that one was, like, I guess if there was a filler episode, that would be it. But that one, I I just rewatched it just so I could, like, retain some of the information. Now, I got to say, you know, not enough Ava. But mm -hmm. I understand. She had to protect her peace. She had to put this whole day in rice. And <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. Sometimes, like, this Thursday, I, too, took a mental health day. Uh, I work from home, but, you know, like, <laughs> yes, like uh, I, I had a mental health day and that is important. So I will not blame Ava for protecting her peace during this time, but I definitely missed her there. Her absence of presence was felt. Mm -hmm. And but most importantly, the of nothing else is to be gained by this episode It is that Chappelle, we were correct in that Mr. Johnson is the most well-adjusted man that any of us have ever met, but definitely the most well-adjusted of Abbott Elementary. Yes, they said it, and I felt it in my soul. I said, yes, my, I, I feel seen and heard in this moment, uh, and we will get to that later on. But first, we do have to take an ad break to get a word from our sponsors, but we will be right back after this. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. So, Dia, this first episode, season two, episode 14, Valentine's Day, there's a cold opening that I want to really flag this one because we've had cold openings in the past that have been fun and light. This one is very fun as well, but it seemed kind of randomly placed here because we know this episode is about Valentine's Day, but this cold opening is specifically about Janine and her sister. Now, we've heard about Janine's like strained relationship with her mom and sister, and it's very it's very weird, to say the least. Uh, and in this scene, we finally get like, okay, here's their interaction. Janine's telling us, oh, you know, she's a little overbearing here. She seems like, you know, she's over the top and she's intense. Well, we get this FaceTime, and I'm not getting a lot of that energy. So, Gia, what is going on here? I am so confused, but this is something that also went into the next episode because when it's Janine's time to talk to the counselor, she brings it up as well. So I feel like this is leading to something, but I don't know what. And I'm guessing it is because in earlier episodes, she had mentioned that her sister was planning to make a trip up to Philly at some point, and it sounded like it was going to be relatively soon, but we haven't actually heard anything about, like, when this trip is occurring or if it's already occurred. So I feel like it is leading up to the moment where we are actually going to meet Janine's sister in person and that she's going to eventually be making this famous trip to Philly at some point, and... I don't know. I feel like it has to at this, you know, like we've been talking about it for so long and now we have a face to the name. And I just feel like this is a wasted opportunity if we don't get that visit. Yeah, uh, we meet Aisha for the first time. Uh, Janine describes her as annoying. She overshares. She doesn't know when to say goodbye, which some of those traits could probably be attributed to Janine as well. Um, But this is our first sight of Aisha. And Again, Janine's description of her doesn't quite match what you and I and even Jacob in that moment were seeing. You have a sister, Gia. Is this normal for you, your your vision of your sister to not really line up with everybody else's view of her? 
Oh, no. I feel like I personally have, like, a very... Like, my sister, make no mistake, she is the cooler one of us, mm. too. Like, she is <laughs> She is the more calm and collected. Like, I am definitely the Janine of us, too. And she would be... What's her sister's name? Aisha. Aisha, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, my sister, Ari, is definitely the Aisha of us, too. She's in Aruba right now. Oh. Which I am, like, so... Right? Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> I know her Instagram story looks cute though. So good for her, I guess. But, <laughs> All right, I want to vomit yes. already. <laughs> yes, right. I know screaming, crying, throwing up. And I wasn't invited on black history month. Right. What? Yes. No. It was, uh, she was with her man. So I understand, but also I don't. Right. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. I'm like, what? Exactly. <laughs> a exactly. man over family. <laughs> Could be me. <laughs> yeah. I think, he, I think he was the one that decided this trip, but then he doesn't invite me her black family member. <laughs> mm. Rude. I don't know. Yeah. I know. I know. Adam, if you're listening to this, you know, just, you know, keep an eye out. Just saying. <laughs> but anyway, that that is neither here nor there. But I think that, like, some people always think of themselves as, like, the more, I guess, I want to say sane, but, like, the more put-together sibling and that it doesn't matter how well or how poorly their siblings are doing in life currently. It's just, like, there is something that you have over them and I can definitely sense that like sibling rivalry or uneasiness with between Janine and Aisha but we don't really know the exact reasoning for why we know that there were a lot of disagreements between Aisha and their mom when she was younger but like I'm waiting for those final pieces to be put together yeah me too i mean we know that janine's had some issues with her mom we know that aisha's had some issues with her mom but it sounds like none of these people have any issues with janine at least from her point of view so i'm definitely decided to uh, like excited to get some other um you know people's point of views when it comes to you know their relationship with janine because we've been all hearing it from her main character you know point of view and mm-hmm. i'm sure there's some truth to a lot of other angles of this uh these relationships as well and i'm ready to talk about them whenever they come up um, this episode starts with talking about, uh, you know, uh, people's love lives and it's about Valentine's Day. So, you know, we have all of the the teachers basically in their own, like dealing with their own Valentine's Day stuff. Right. Like so we have Jacob uh, and Zach. They're doing great. His relationship or whatever. That was really hard for me to say. I don't know if y'all caught that. Uh, Barbara is concerned that. Um, her and her husband Gerald don't have reservations and Jacob suggests the airport dining experience. Gia, is this something you you knew that people did? Did you did you know people go make reservations at the airport and just sit and eat? Okay, so I know I knew that like airport restaurants have like that is an option for people that they can go do air like go to airport restaurants even if you are not intending on like actually taking a trip somewhere. But I did not know the actual process of it. I have not tried it before. Honestly, when I have flown, which is admittedly not very often, I usually just pick, like, the quickest thing or the thing that looks, like, the the best for, like, my layover or, you know, just, like, very quick thing and then try to get a coffee and down it before the flight leaves. See, I had no clue this was a thing. I had no clue. Maybe it's because I don't live by like a major airport, but I just figured that that's for that's for people at an airport. What are you talking yeah. about? And, and it has constant traffic. You know, it doesn't like it's not like they have to advertise an airport restaurant because there's billions of people walking through there every day. Yeah. 
I didn't know this was a thing. And then when I found out later, did you have to buy a ticket to do that as well? Yes. So that was the thing that I was confused about because my immediate thought was, well, don't like, okay, like that makes sense that you can just like go to an airport restaurant to sit down and eat. But then, you know, because like once you get in, you're in, you don't need to like show your ticket to anyone. But then I'm like, but don't you need a ticket to like get in through TSA? Like I have never heard someone say, oh no, we just want to go see the restaurant or we want to go eat at the restaurant like that that does not feel real to me so now hearing them explain it that makes more sense it does but i just don't see anybody doing this who's really buying a plane ticket to go eat at some random airport bistro it just where would where would you pick to go if you had like you would have to pick like the closest place to you right like i don't know I guess. Do you just pick like whatever's cheapest and they just yeah. never get on the plane? Because that's also kind of stressful for TSA. They're looking for an amount of people to get on these planes. You're yeah. taking seats from people at this point, right? I would think so. I don't know. I So I think the airport that is closest to me is the Bradley Airport, which is in Hartford, Connecticut. So if I did that, I could buy a ticket to like Boston or something, I suppose. And like, mm-hmm. that's really like a no big deal type of situation, but I don't, but I don't know. I don't even know what I would do. I feel, I would feel obligated to go on the plane personally. Yes. <laughs> I would feel like, like I do not think I could handle this type of stress because as you said, I feel like there would be people waiting for me wondering where I am and I would feel obligated to go on the plane. So I don't, I don't think that if I did this, that you could expect me to come back for a few days. Yeah, you have to like if if we're planning a reservation at a airport restaurant, we are also planning a three day getaway at least. You know, <laughs> that sounds nice. That's the thing. That's like plan it out so that you go early enough so you can have your Valentine's Day dinner and then fly some and then like go on your little vacation. That's adorable. That's what honestly, that's what the Howards deserve. So mm-hmm. I think they should have gone that route as well, and then maybe the stressors of the next episode when it happened but you know like that that is a different story for the next episode yeah but i think we fixed it i think we fixed the whole thing we you go you do your reservation you go sit down and eat and then you get on the plane that's perfect um so that's kind of what barbara's working on uh because because um jacob gives her this suggestion um but Barbara ends up asking Gregory, of course, like, what about his plans with Amber? And I think she calls it, like, her student's parent or his student's mom, which does make it sound really bad. Uh, and he's just sitting around trying to decide which gift that he's going to give Amber for Valentine's Day. Janine walks in. She has a secret admirer who has left her a candy heart with her name on it. And for a split second, Gia, for a tiny, tiny second, I thought, is Gregory up to some shenanigans here? Is he, is he starting to to move around and, uh, you know, kind of plant the seeds that he might be feeling, Janine. But, uh, no, it's not him this time. I don't know. I feel like this episode was just, like, Janine is starting to come around to the idea that Gregory might actually like her. But it is plagued by the fact that he has a girlfriend, but he has a girlfriend that is so different than Janine for just like different interests, different personalities, like different everything. So 
while it seems obvious to everybody else in Abbott Elementary and to us, because we are experts on this at this point, like we have PhDs on this particular topic at Mm -hmm. this point in time, but it's so different when it is like you in that position and you have all of this evidence. And for those like, this is an audio podcast, so evidence is in quotation marks right now. But like you feel like you are seeing all of the signs saying this couldn't possibly happen. And, uh, you know, that that makes sense for what the position that Janine is in right now. Not to mention that if she actually acted on what I think are like legitimate feelings on her and that, that she's coming to realize our legitimate feelings are there are like so many repercussions of it from the fact that they like there's so many things that could go wrong i on the other hand just assume everyone i meet has a crush on me automatically and you know like i feel like that is a better way to look at the world so i think maybe janine should take a lesson from me at this point <laughs> you might be onto something uh because right? i think be a little yeah. confident yeah, a little bit, you know, especially when you're getting these secret admirer candies, like, you know, take that as your your uh, positive reinforcement. Uh, but Janine is still dating Mo and he plans on popping up on her for uh, with a gift for Valentine's Day as well. So she really doesn't have time to deal with like the secret sh- uh, admirer shenanigans because she actually, you know, is dating somebody this Valentine's Day. Are we happy that Janine and Mo are still a thing to you? Oh, yeah. I I have been saying I think Janine needs to date a couple other people before she ends up with Gregory. Like, why is Gregory the only person that gets to date multiple people in this relationship? I need Janine to have a couple other cakes before she goes back to Gregory. And I think Maurice is a good option right now. Like, they're obviously not the end game, but like, this is cute. This is cute for right now. But now I think Maurice is going to end up with Amber. And I don't know how that's going to work out. But like the parallels, the parallels were, they were doing something to me. Yes, I think that's a good point. Um, And then, of course, we have the Ava storyline, which honestly is my favorite storyline. And so that's where I want to start here. Um, It was so good. It was so good. (laughs) She's amazing. This should be called Ava Learns That Learning Is Fun. uh, Because... The short version of this is all that Ava is on the phone with one of her boos, uh, Iggy, Andre <laughs> Iguodala, when Tristan, the, the handsome father of one of her students, Paul, uh, has a complaint about Jacob Hill being white and teaching black history uh, for Black History Month. At first, Ava shoots it down, but she does agree to observe the class for herself. Gia, does Tristan have a point? Does, does Tristan have a point about white teachers teaching black history? Month? Should he be concerned? I think that there is there is reason to be concerned, but not just like there. I I think I came to like the same conclusion that Ava did at the end of this episode and especially that we saw like we see excerpts of Jacob's class and that he is a well-qualified teacher. I don't think everybody that like teaches black history is qualified to to teach black history and that is not just because they are white or they are black like there are some you know there are some black people that probably should not be teaching black history too but like (laughs) yes but but I do think that there is something to be concerned about but then also like Ava is saying like why did you just start caring this month in February Mm -hmm. and also like the the parent himself has not observed 
the class or know anything about Jacob as a teacher other than the fact that he teaches the Black History Month class or the Black History class. And I like that is that is not the initial concern. The concern is not that he's white teaching Black History during Black History Month, but the concern would come from he's teaching these students X, Y, and Z. And that is incorrect. You know, like, what is the content? What is the quality of the content in <laughs> in the classroom? And I think that's where concerns arise. And sometimes that does come from anti-Black biases that are more normally seen in white or non-Black professors. But it can happen anywhere. And I feel, like, very fortunate that I have had multiple teachers uh that have taught like some variation of black history to me and you know some of them were white some of them were black some of them were uh other people of color that were not black and you know i feel like like there are different variations of success in those classes but it wasn't determined on race it was more so like the capabilities of the teacher and like how well-rounded they were so it's definitely more of a like uh, a quality over quantity, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is one of those things where even Ava hasn't looked into this. So she even has to go observe, but the important thing is that she does go observe, right? Um, yeah. Mr. Tristan here is just taking like just his, at face value, a white teacher should not be teaching black history month, but until you've actually gone and sat in the classroom, what can you really talk about? Right? So we see Ava go into Jacob's class and at first, She's on her phone. She's not engaged. She's looking for Twitter drama, which I felt seen. Um, but this is, of course, unnerving for Jacob, who has never known Ava to take much interest into um, education at all. I mean, don't get me wrong. She's a principal, but that's a job. You know what I'm saying? But does she really care about education? T TBD, right? Um, yes. So he's giving his uh, lesson about Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and some of the misconceptions about their philosophies and their relationship. And this lesson is actually really, really good. Uh, and so... It even gets Ava to pay attention. The class was attentive, engaged. And one of the most valid points Jacob made was that history is often taught by the powers that are in charge or at the top of the social hierarchy, which is a lot of times white men. Mm -hmm. So as young black students, they should question everything, even their white teachers. Uh, sometimes Jacob surprises me and he was correct in this moment to me. And I think it kind of showed Ava a different side of him because for a person who is white to be able to say, yeah, a lot of this stuff has been whitewashed and like, and, and it benefits me as a white person to kind of keep things the same. I have to step outside of my privilege and make things uh, more, you know, equitable for everybody by telling you the truth and encouraging you to question the status quo. A lot of times, um, Gia, this is good. This is a sitcom. Why are we getting such good content? This is great. I am very much enjoying this idea of, you know, uh, unsanitizing black history because I think there are still a lot of people I know there are still a lot of people that think like you know slavery happened that was bad then Lincoln freed the slaves things were a little bumpy and then Martin Luther King died and now racism has been fixed and <laughs> that's that's about it and I think and you know there are a couple other people thrown in there for different reasons and that's all you hear but to hear a teacher talking about ideas around like uh, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King being communists, being, you know, like having opposing viewpoints and then pretty much swapping viewpoints by the time we got towards the end of their life. I already told you I am reading 
uh, Dick Gregory's history book right now, which is very similar. Uh, it's called Defining Moments in Black History, Reading Between the Lies. It basically it does a very similar thing, I'll bet much less uh, nicely than the way that uh, Jacob Hill would do uh, such a lesson, but very similar context of uh, really breaking down the stories that we are normally told about Black history, which is usually done in like a night's little package to make non-black people feel better about themselves or feel like they're like more heroic and that racism is not a problem in today's world and it is it very much is and mm. it, and in our country in particular so it's nice to hear some examples like some actual concrete examples on a show as popular as Abbott Elementary of why like what are examples of quality content in a black history class of this level. Yeah, you have to make this kind of content palatable for people to to digest because sometimes the medicine doesn't taste great going down, you know, and we see a little bit about that like that in this setting because in the past, uh, Ava wasn't mature enough to digest a lot of this information. But now that she's sitting in like an elementary school classroom as a grown ass adult with Jacob, like maybe like teaching it to him like she's young, you know, and kind of explaining it to her like step by step in the process of like how to understand these things. Um you know, it kind of, it hits different. And so Abbott is doing just that. It's giving you, like, it's spoon-feeding you these little things uh, and hoping that people who maybe don't know this stuff is picking up on a little bit of it. Um, so in another one of the classes, Jacob is getting more and more uncomfortable because uh, Ava's still there. She's decided to monitor all his Black history lessons for the rest of the day. Uh, and he thinks this is the moment he's going to get fired. He thinks he, he flew too close to the sun like an anti-racist Icarus. Um <laughs> but he has nothing to be worried nothing to be worried about here because he's doing a great job uh ava publicly ca calls him in uh because he's leaving out some important parts of his lecture that he'd already said before in, in, in his last classes which is a shock to everyone in the class because who knew ava reads gia ava says i will be like someone's reading partner and the the students look shocked jacob <laughs> looks shocked what are they getting at here ava reads right it really be your own people. I swear. <laughs> this woman owes, this woman owns the school. And <laughs> you all are shocked that she reads. Like, yes, she can read, but it has to be something worthwhile to her. Like, we don't have time to just be reading anything, mm -hmm. you know? And I think yeah. that's what people, you know, like the best readers are people that like carefully pick out the books they are reading. And we can't we can't blame Ava for being so careful with her time. I, right. I get it. I understand. Yeah. But mm -hmm. yes, this was pretty surprising of like how often she was coming into the class to the point where it rattled Jacob to an extent because he thought he was getting fired from seeing all of these different lessons being taught and she was sitting in on all of them. And yeah, that can be. That can be kind of concerning. I I am a very anxious person, so I would be doing like the most by like the second lesson. Uh, I am anxious in a way that doesn't look anxious. So I'll get anxious and then I'll just start performing. And that is really bad because yeah. I, I like turn into a stand up comic. And like sometimes you just have to be able to focus on just, you know, just do your thing. Um, but you do make a good point. Ava grew up in a time where people were not teaching black history like this, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And so maybe, you know, she would read if she was reading things like you just said, uh, the, the Dick Gregory book you're talking about, uh, 
it that's what I'm saying. Like, give people content that is relatable, that is honest, that is true, and that it gives a, an actual representation of what really happened, and maybe people yeah. will be more engaged. What do you think? Listen, for all for everyone out there that has not read this history book from Dick Gregory, I just got to say, Dick Gregory, Ava Coleman, Mr. Johnson, dream blunt rotation right now. Like, uh. 100%. Like, this is, they would be friends. They would be friends. I am not convinced that Dick Gregory and Mr. Johnson did not meet in Dick Gregory's lifetime. Like, I assume at some point they were buddies and he passed over said knowledge to Mr. Johnson. I am convinced. And it is that good. So highly recommend you pick it up. This is it's got some takes. I will say that. But it was very good. I enjoy it. I enjoy it very much. But Ava, like. I get it because when I was younger, like I am, I am someone that reads a lot now, but I grew up where like, if it wasn't for my parents and like, um, that I probably wouldn't have been a avid reader that I am now because like I had teachers that did not think that I was like smart in school or that I was good in school or that I was like, an like that I was not going to be like a, at, um, what's the word for it? Like an adept reader, like Mm -hmm. someone that is like capable of like reading complicated things. And if it wasn't for my parents actually advocating for me, I probably would have been discouraged from reading. And I'm, you know, it's nice to see, like, it's nice to see concepts like this explained more where we get people like Ava who seemingly just don't care about school that did not have any sense of interest in like any type of content that are normally taught in school, especially during the time where Ava would have been in school and then see like us starting to have these conversations about like, maybe, okay, this person isn't interested in school. Is it just because Ava was just never going to be interested in school? Or is it because the content that you are teaching is not the type of content that Ava was actually interested in learning? Yeah. And sometimes school gets away of college and that happens too. You know, uh, people go to college for a number of reasons and education ain't always the one. Uh, and we find that out when later in Jacob's classroom, Ava finds Zach, Jacob's boyfriend, setting up a lunch date situation. Um, he's shocked that she is uh, finding this new interest in learning. And she's shocked that Jacob gets an, a free period because these teachers are lazy as hell. But um Ultimately, it's very confusing to to Ava that she's starting to have these conflicting feelings about education because prior to this, she hadn't really cared about learning. But now she's kind of like warming up to the idea. She never liked school uh, before, but as she's maturing and as more information is available and different learning styles are being addressed, um, she could actually do better in school. And I know this is a real life situation. I'm sure you've come across it as well, working in higher ed. There are people who go to college at 18 years old who have no business in college, but then they go back at 25, at 30, once they've lived a little bit of life, once they've seen the real world, once they've discovered more of their interests, and then they excel. I definitely was one of those people. I went to college. I did fine the first time. And when I say fine, I I made it. Um, And then (laughs) I waited a few years and I did grad school and I just completely blew it out the water because I was doing something that I cared about. And I also was a lot more mature and I wasn't about to waste my money and my time uh, that time around. So I related to Ava in this moment. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think like as someone that I did, like I went right into college, I did a year community college, went to four year university, four year university after that. And then I had like a 
break before going to grad school. But like, and I always knew that I wanted to go to grad school, like a master's degree was always going to be a goal of mine. But then like, I strongly encourage people that like, if you don't know what you want to do quite yet, and you're at that stage about going to college, give give yourself a year. Like, spend some time, travel, make some money if that's what you have, like, that's what you're financially able to do. And, like, give yourself some time to see what you'd be interested in in actually going to college. Or do a trade and take part in something that, like, is not going to require college, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, or have a different type of schooling. That's also totally fine. Uh, Find something that is, like, worthwhile to you and you know, see like what the path is. And if you feel like you are somebody that needs to go to college right away for whether it's like your like family pressure, just pressure in general, or you just don't see like what you could be doing on like having a break, then start a community college because that's a great way to try a bunch of different interests and meet a lot of different people with different life experiences. And I loved my year at community college. Yeah, this is so well said. I'm trying so hard not to put on my like, a higher ed educator hat yeah. right now and just start to preach about like how higher ed like was is essentially elitist in in beginning just because it was about rich white people like learning more but it was the learning more that was really important right because they, they went to college to like learn about philosophy and all of these abstract ideas and stuff like that and it was just, like where people went to go and just get information right and to yes. uh like a melting pot of just people talking and spreading ideas and that's how it started and then it shifted somewhere uh, for a number of reasons that I won't get into yeah. because I'll be ranting for 20 minutes uh, to where people were like, no, college needs to be expensive. It doesn't need to be accessible. And you need it to get a- yeah. ahead in life all of a sudden. And now you have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars to go get a degree so that you can get a job. And once that degree isn't enough, now you have to go get a master's degree so you can get a job. And once people start to people of a certain demographic start to attain these master's degrees, they say, well, now you don't need a master's degree. You just need connections and you just need skills that you can learn on youtube you know it just keeps shifting and what i would like to encourage people to do is to look at college as a learning experience yes you can go get a job after it yes you can benefit you and moving forward and networking but this is still an opportunity for you to um digest and to learn a lot of information that you normally wouldn't come across yes the internet is out there but uh one thing that colleges do well is they give you access to peer-reviewed articles and sources that you can go and fact check you know and so it just puts you in a space where learning is encouraged yeah. uh, in a way that a lot of uh, spaces are not. And so not to say that everybody should go to college and that college isn't for everybody. But if you are thinking about going back to school, by all means, it, it, like give it a shot. Like Explore your interests. Take it slow. Community college is there and there's nothing wrong with community college as well. Again, I could do this forever. Just, you yes. know. Give it some time, mature, and then explore things because there's never you're never too old to keep learning. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's it's never an age limit on that. So just take that. And I'm hoping that Ava hears this somewhere and takes it too, because she yes. goes and tells Jacob that due to his teaching, she has decided to go back to school and even get the credential that would allow her to be a legit principal, which is nice. Um and it's great for Ava, but potentially bad for Gregory Gia. Um uh, look at Gregory. Gregory enjoyed his principal position a little too much. Like, I feel like he learned nothing in the next episode. And that is like, that is not, that does not sit right with me. Like he got, a he threw, he flew a little too close to the sun, like a black Icarus. 
<laughs> exactly. Um, and yeah, just a little growth on Ava's part, which we love to see as big Ava fans. So at the end of the day, she talks to Tristan and um he calls and basically like, So did you did you handle what I told you about? Did you go talk about talk to this Jacob guy? And at first, uh he's upset that she didn't just immediately shut Jacob down. But when she points out that Jacob has been teaching about black historical figures all year and doesn't just pop up fake caring about it because it's black history month, like somebody might be doing right now. Uh, uh, he ends up backing down a little bit and it just goes to show you that if you're going to be um, advocating for your students or for your children, um, you need to take a vested interest in their education as well. You cannot just pop up and say things like, I don't want this person teaching this when you have no clue what the person is teaching or who the person is. Like, If you are every step of the way being involved in your kid's education, which can be difficult because parenting is hard and kids are a lot and education is a lot um, and people have responsibilities. But if you are going to be invested in that child's education, you'll be invested from beginning to end. You don't get to just pop up in February and start celebrating Black history. Um, Gia, I love this episode so much. This was so this was so much fun. It was it was very, very good. And also just like as Ava said, it underpaying a white teacher to teach black history is basically reparation. So and it's probably the closest we are going to get to that goal. So I'm fine with it. But yeah. My favorite part was at the very end where Melissa, who has not heard from Gary all day, how dare he, surprises her with this little vending machine display uh, that says, I heart you, and which she thinks at first says, I owe you, which is very Melissa, but mm -hmm. it was so cute. It was yes. adorable. Yes. Let's get to the cute stuff then. Uh, we get yes. Melissa, right, who's been struggling all episode because, like you said, at the end of the episode, we, we beat her, you know, vending machine Gary. But throughout, she's kind of upset because she's not getting much from uh, Gary in a time where this is a love day. This is Valentine's Day. It's all about people displaying affection. Uh, we see that Janine is getting affection from one of her students, which is kind of weird, uh, but it happens with teachers and students sometimes where students can latch on and say like, oh, mm -hmm. especially young ones. They give you, they're a secret admirer. They want to give you Valentine's Day gifts. And while Janine is pushing young Donnie to go and find a Valentine of his own age, Gia, he needs a woman, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I respect him knowing what he wants. But it is still uncomfortable to see in real time. Yes, he's straightening up her desk. He's getting her napkins. Uh, he's being a real gentleman because he sees a future between the two of them, you know. Uh, and this is getting out of hand. Uh, so much to where Janine has to go to Melissa and tell her what's going on. She tells her about how um he's always going out of his way to impress her and uh like how little donnie is staring at her. He might actually have feelings for her, but Jacob walks up and overhears like the end part of this. The part about impressing, the part about staring, the part about feelings, and not the part about it being a, you know, about a child. A child. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he thinks he's talking about Gregory. And I started yelling, Gia, because I just knew he was about to spill the beans. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. There's a moment, Gia, where um, he doesn't realize, like, Jacob is talking about Gregory. Uh, Janine doesn't realize that Greg Jacob doesn't realize that she doesn't realize it. So he thinks that they're talking about Gregory and he reveals that Gregory has feelings for Janine. And I thought this was the moment. I think the seeds have been planted, Gia. What do you think? Oh my God. So I don't, I don't know about you, Chappelle, but the most surprised. So 
I was very surprised by Janine's reaction, not her denying it, but it seems like she is already kind of acknowledging that she might have feelings for Gregory, which I was not expecting this soon from her, but it can't happen because she's with Maurice and Gregory's with Amber. And then the other part of it was that how I, I feel like in retrospect, this isn't that surprising, but I sort of got a joy from Mr. Johnson being the initial person that knew about these feelings and like people slowly coming to terms with it. But then apparently it seems like everybody in the core group at Abbott Elementary is fully aware of his crush on Janine. And, you know, even though that some people are saying, you know, like workplace romances are not a good idea. So like they're more thinking that that might be the reason why nothing has happened yet. Yeah, um, this is funny because, like you said, Janine is kind of acknowledging that there's something there as well. I mean, we all saw the holiday episode, so stop it. Stop, Janine. Stop playing. Uh, But she's dating Mo, so it's impossible. No, it's not. Uh, Janine, you can like two people at one time, and it's it's really messing with her. Her stress levels are through the roof so much that she does end up bringing this up in conversation with Jacob uh, and Barbara and Melissa, Ava and Mr. Johnson, and everybody knows what's up. Everybody's like, stop it. Y'all like each other. It's cute, but also it's disgusting uh, because it's so cute. Um, Janine says, of course, she can't like him. Uh, but they're all trying to lead her to believe like, yeah, you definitely can. Uh, I love Ava in this moment being like, look, you ain't, you can't dress. You have no swag, but for some reason he likes you and you just gonna have to acknowledge it. And it's true. Th- these two, these are precious. They're a precious couple. They really are. They are very cute. And it's just seeing them. Everybody acknowledge the spark between the two is very cute. This is probably as close of a blessing as we are going to get from Ava regarding these two about how if she can't get nasty on school grounds, then neither can they. So I'm, I'm taking this as a win. This is a win for the Janine Gregory fans of the world, which should be everybody, you know, do, at this do, point. Do they have a ship name or with like Janegory? That sounds like a slur. Like, like, a slur. I'm going I... to ask you to never repeat that again. <laughs> I'm going to bleep it when we do the podcast. So she's going to say, Gen- <laughs> <laughs> um, would it be Grenine? <laughs> Grenine. Ooh, I don't like that one either. Grenadine. <laughs> Grenadine. Uh, that might be a slur too. We'll come. Look, might, we'll, yeah. we'll workshop it. Uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. So Gregory goes to Janine later that day because he has to tell her something and he wants to, you know, to, you know, he has something very important that he needs to pull her to the side and talk about. And she thinks he's about to confess his feelings for her. And it turns out he just wants her opinion about the Valentine's Day gift for Amber. It's a Lego flower. I said awe and then ill because it's so cute. I wanted to vomit. Um, Janine is completely impressed by the gift. And honestly, it looks like she's a bit jealous and disappointed that it's not for her. Uh, and in this moment, I'm like, okay, all right. We see it moving. Um, what did you think about this gift, though? Like, this this is a nice gift, right? I thought it was very cute. I do not think it is, like, I think it's important that if you're doing a Valentine's Day gift and, like, I didn't get a Valentine's Day gift, but, like, you know, again, people, it is not too late if you want to send me Telfar money. But, um, <laughs> but side note from that, but I think that, like, it's important first and foremost to, like, know the type of gifts that your partner is looking for. So this is not an Amber gift, right? Like, 
this is a cute gift, but it's not an Amber gift, which is where the disconnect is starting to show in their relationship. But I think that the most important thing to me and probably a lot of other people is like the intent behind it. Like he didn't just go to a store and buy a Lego bouquet set and say, isn't this romantic? Like it's a take on flowers. Like he thought about it. He knew that she was allergic to flowers. So he wanted to get her something that had meaning that showed that he was thinking about her and that he knows things about her. So the intent of it behind the gift and how he is explaining it is really adorable. It's really about the amount of effort at the end of the day. If you are not having Gregory levels of stress over your Valentine's Day gift, then like you are doing it wrong. Yeah, and this has Janine down bad because it really is like the cute type of gift that she would really like, and yes. she sees that it's not for her. Um, and so Jacob, who spilled the beans earlier, he's following up. You know, anybody who's messy knows you got to go and see. Like you planted some seeds, you got to go see if they grew a little bit. And um, he goes to check in, and she is shooting it down. Like, nope, I completely misread this. Uh, it has nothing to do with me. Uh, Gregory clearly likes Amber because he gave her this amazing gift, and she's dating Mo. And Jacob's completely wrong. Um. But so, you know, this is not a great moment for her romantically. You know, I could tell I could tell some things are not, not going the way she wants it to go right now. Uh, and it gets even worse because Donnie, Janine's young secret admirer, he has some news for Janine, too. Uh, it's not her. It's him. There's someone else. He has his crush in, a, in the classroom now, his own age, an appropriate crush. And I'm sorry, but Janine, it's over. He can't he can't have feelings for you anymore. So it's not a romantic, uh, great romantic Valentine's Day for her at this point of year. Then I I don't know. It's just like a first of all, like, why did Janine think that like the skip was gonna be for her? That like Gregory would just announce his affections mm -hmm. for her like on valentine's day when he has not broken up with his girlfriend at the point so this was just this was there was no logic here like the logic went out the door but i do think that like this is this isn't a bump in the road this is more like this is part of the natural course of the relationship and the fact that like yeah they are in a rocky position Janine had a boyfriend. They broke up. Now they're both dating different people, which is normal. And eventually it's going to work its course. It's I know it's going to because like there are just so many signs that they are not in the right situations for each other now. Right now. Yeah. You know, and there's just a disconnect between like the type of people they are and the type of people that their current partners are. Right. And that's a plot twist I didn't consider at first because when Amber shows up, she's impressed with the Telfar bag that uh, she spots Mo preparing to give Janine. Uh, impressed in the same way that Janine was impressed by the flower Lego thing that Gregory was going to give Amber. So Janine seems like she would rather have the Lego. Amber would obviously rather have the Telfizi. We got uh, we have a couple swap situation going on here, dear. Like, is there potential for this, uh, this to be a, a weird double dating situation where... Gregory ends up with Janine and Mo ends up with Amber. I so okay. I think that there are parallels here suggesting that eventually it is going to be Gregory and Janine as one couple and Mo and Amber. But something that I hadn't really thought about that 
made sense already is that like of course Mo and Amber are going to know each other so like when they meet in the hallway it's the first time that we see them together but it is certainly not the first time that they have met in the Abbott Elementary Cinematic Universe Mm -hmm. so like they they have a good rapport with each other but everything looks very platonic right now but I'm wondering if this is going to like hint at things that are to come I'm hoping there is no like infidelity situation going on because I hate that but I do think that there is like a solid friendship or like respect between Mo and Amber right now and that I don't think that like I don't know. I don't think that, like, there are a lot of signs saying that, like, either relationship is made for the long haul. But, like, maybe that the people that kind of get the type of gifts that they like are, like, kind of close by. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I think there there are some hints here. And not not really anything that I really considered at first because we just haven't seen Mo and Amber interact with each other yet. Yeah, I'm thinking that maybe we know Janine would never have the guts to be like, I think we're with the wrong people type situation. But I think Amber and Mo might be more prone to saying like, hey, I seen the way y'all look at each other. We we need to break this off. It's a matter of time before Amber just calls things out. I just don't I don't see Amber as like a meek person that is just thinking she is she's overthinking things. Mm -hmm. You know, I think. I I could see her being the one to be like now like this is some bullshit. We need to like all right, we need to we need to address the elephant in the room, please. She's like I need that Telfar bag. Yeah. Um, so let me in- let me have your man and your shiny Telfar bag. <laughs> Get the bag. It's all about yes. securing the bag. Um so that kind of ends that storyline. And then, of course, like you said earlier, Melissa's thing was like that she really wasn't getting a lot of attention. Um, Barbara made her airport bistro thing happen by buying a spirit ticket, which is sometimes cheaper than an airport bistro meal. Uh, and so as they're leaving, you know, Melissa's kind of down. But like you said, she comes across a uh, vending machine. Uh, the vending machine guy, what's his name? Uh vending machine stand <laughs> well she comes across her vending machine boyfriend and he's like hey I, I i love the crap out of you and she loves the crap out of him gia and it's so cool i was like this is a feel-good episode i was very happy for her it's adorable i was very excited again this is like effort was made into the valentine's day gift and gary was showing it in a very cute way i thought it was very adorable Oh, it was so cute. I don't even know what is, like, the best Valentine's gift that we saw this episode. I don't know. It's, like, it's a toss-up because everyone was very cute. It's the Telfar bag. But, like, other than that, (laughs) it's, like, it's it was all very cute seeing everybody put these different attempts into, like, their Valentine's Day gifts. I really loved seeing Zach again as well. I don't think I really – I feel like I glossed over. Like, it wasn't just – Zach being there but he had a part to the story sounds Mm. like their relationship is going great and that they had a great Valentine's Day and I loved seeing Zach and Ava together because those two are comedy magic we've gone from black it's Zach to this to this come to education moment here and oh it was so good so good more Ava Zach moments please for sure. And that wraps up the first part of our two-part coverage. We will be back shortly with our recap of episode 15, Fire, right after this. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. This episode starts with Ava breaking her phone and trying to take a pic of somebody's wig. And to make matters worse, Jacob has carrot cookies and the fire alarm goes off. So it's a lot happening in the beginning of this episode. But the teacher's bring into action getting the kids out of the school while Ava decides to get out of the school on her own and head off campus to protect her peace, which is typical Ava behavior, but the teacher's got it handled. She's trained them well enough. Uh, To be fair, Gia, it's not like Ava is a trained firefighter. Once the kids are secure, I don't think there's any re- anything wrong with her taking a mental health break, no? I see no problems with this. There are some days that will just test you, and I, I've had a few of those days recently where, you know, where it seems like everything could go wrong does go wrong and you as ava says you need to just put the day in rice that is what it was like and it was it was not great and i totally feel that i think the fire would be just the sign that we need to cancel school like yep that's it that's it everyone go home you don't have to Take go home day. but you can't stay here exactly yeah yeah take the day off take a mental health take a mental health day please Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I, I I thought this was going to be a bigger fire, you know, like I, they said it was a fire and it turns out like it was just a teacher's lounge, you know, something something caught on fire thing. It looked like it was very small. The teachers meet in the lounge to determine what started the fires and all the teachers kind of deny having anything to do with it. Melissa hates fire. Barbara says it probably shoddy wiring. Uh, but we find out from the fire captain Robinson, who is no relation to Smokey Robinson, even though the joke is right there, uh, played by Michael Malley, uh, that it was Barbara's candle that started the fly- fire. And she immediately takes accountability for her small mistake. Uh, but the fire department says that they have to do safety training anyway because it's protocol. Uh, so he ends up speaking to interim principal Gregory Eddy, who has been waiting for this moment his whole life. Gia, who, who deemed him interim principal now that Ava's gone? I think he is the only one that actually is crazy enough to try to claim the title for himself, which he did so with ease. Mm-hmm. But I I think Gregory enjoyed it a little too much for my liking. Like he had the principal cardigan on. He showed up yes. the next day with a blazer when after Ava had taken her mental health day, Gregory, like taking advantage of someone's mental health. Like, how dare you? Very tacky. But, mm-hmm. But anyway, it was very funny to see. Like, these were his usual looks to the camera are more of like looks of contempt, of being tired, like just just a lot of nonsense. And now he is one of like he is prideful. He is ready to take on this role. So this is his own little uh, be principal for a day. Yeah, he uh, is in his element here. You know, um, all the teachers are handling it differently. Barbara completely minimizes the situation. Mr. Johnson makes his claim for items that he lost in a fire, which is fair. Three precious diamonds in a Ferrari is nothing to scoff at. And Melissa is completely distracted by the fire truck outside. So Gregory springs into the leadership role that he dying to have since the day he was alive, like born, right? So 
he um he actually sends a trauma counselor to come to to Abbott. He calls the district, even though the trauma counselor we find out was probably already on the way anyway. Uh, and she goes to find the active principal or interim principal Gregory Eddy, as we see. Um, I love Gregory in this role, and I love that he is obsessed with this uh this this lady Janet, the trauma counselor, because she seems like a no nonsense, all rules type of person, right? Like she's here to to handle her job. She doesn't have a lot of time for shenanigans, and Gregory is like that too. He's very much like, oh, thank God. Somebody else who likes rules and regulations. Welcome. Welcome to my home. Uh, please sit down, have a carrot cookie. Um, this lady wants to go and talk to all the students and the teachers about the trauma. Uh, she goes from classroom to classroom, speaking to them each. Gia, she went into each of the classrooms, right? And uh, Jacob offered her carrot cookies, which she shot down. Barbara, who says she's fine, but like that triggers something in Janet and she's scribbling on her notepad. Uh, and in this moment, I started to question, okay, what was Barbara's involvement in this fire? Because it, she's saying she's fine, but Gia, this woman is not fine, right? No, she's absolutely not fine. And she says she's fine, though, so, like, we kind of have to take her at her word for it. Mm -hmm. She even goes back. She's even kind enough to go back to the counselor to say, just a reminder, I am fine. Which, you know, that sounds like somebody that is fine to me, personally. But... This is I, this is really hard. Like I felt like secondhand cringe from this episode several times because you know when you like mess up really bad and you just have to like sit in the fact that you messed up bad and think about mm -hmm. it for the rest of the day. Like that is one of the worst feelings of the world and is why I probably never try anything new in my life. But like it's so it's uh i felt here here and we learn later on that there's a deeper reason than just her messing up once of like why why she is feeling this way why things like the candle and like how she's feeling afterwards are like mean so much to her so it's just it, there was a lot going on here and i don't think it was until we got to like the fire safety session um towards the end of the episode that you really saw that there was like okay this isn't just barbara messing up and not knowing what to do because she never messes up like the school was even you know like janine was even thinking like oh my god someone blackmailed barbara and like <laughs> set her shawl on fire with her candle but um i do think that you know like it that towards the end of the episode we see okay this is something deeper than just like her messing up yeah, let's get I mean, let's get into the fire safety thing. So basically, Janet goes from teacher to teacher to student to student and even to Mr. Johnson and says, OK, everybody's good except Barbara. I mean, she calls Mr. Johnson the most well-adjusted man she's ever met. And to that, we say, duh. Uh, but she takes this information to Gregory and she says, Gregory, this is what's going on as the acting principal. What do you want to do? So they have a mandatory safety meeting, which, again, was not really Gregory's decision. He just likes to pretend that it is. Uh, now, he goes to tell Barbara about this mandatory safety meeting, and I thought her response is perfect because anytime I have an issue at work, I'm just going to tell them I am spiritually tenured and mandates are nothing more than a feverant suggestion because I don't have to do nothing but stay black and die. Uh, but, you know, that aside, I think that Barbara finally gives in and says, okay, fine, I will go to this, you know, heavily suggested, um, not mandatory at all, safety meeting that everybody has to go to, including me who started the fire. So at the safety meeting, we see that she's very defensive and that basically everybody's defensive for Barbara. Like, this isn't her fault. 
Gregory does insinuate that maybe she's getting older and forgetful and you know that doesn't go over well but the bottom line is that the fire captain says open flames are now banned in the school including candles and birthday candles and Gia Barbara doesn't take this well because she's only made one mistake in 20 years and now she's being penalized they're taking her one thing away from her and it's not okay yeah, especially when we learned that, like, it's a prayer candle and Barbara is someone that's very religious, so she's not like me and buying, like, the joke prayer candles that have, like, Nicole Byer on it and things like that. But mm -hmm. she does take these very seriously. And, like, this is a form of, like, not therapy, I guess, but, like, a form of stress relief for her in that, like, her, we learned that her husband had a health scare and while he's fine now, they're... Um, it's been a very stressful past few weeks with them waiting for results and hearing about, you know, like possibly him being sick. And then so she lit a prayer candle to give herself a moment of peace before she found out that he has a clean bill of health, which thank God. But this is a terrifying thing. And this is like a very scary time. And I don't blame Barbara. And when you learn about it like that, it's not just that you can't have open flames. Like, it's not just a candle. This is a source of comfort for her. And after 20 years and this very stressful time, you know, like that, that they're punishing her now for making a mistake. Yeah. And this is tough because, like you said, it's her comfort thing and she really needs it right now. But rules are rules. The district has, and the interim principal, I should say, has demanded that she doesn't uh, have her candles anymore. And that's just life, right? So she goes back to class, and one of her little students uh, comes up to him. And is this is so precious. He's so scared. He's so rattled by the fire situation. And Barbara has to come to terms with, yeah, people get scared, and that's okay. It's okay to be afraid, and it's okay to talk about those things. Because when you don't talk about stress, uh, sometimes it manifests in you doing things that are forgetful uh, and that are harmful, like potentially starting a fire on accident. So now she's faced with the opportunity to take a mental health day. Janet, the trauma counselor, basically says, we already knew this was coming. We've been new. So we already filled out the paperwork. Here you go. Here's your mental health day form. Barbara hasn't taken a day off since Kurt Franklin and the family <laughs> showed up. I mean, the family was there, so she had to get her hair done. Um, but she does take this mental health day form. It actually leaves to take some time to herself. Um, and I was very happy because I think a lot of teachers and, and people, people actually in, in all careers, honestly, don't take mental health serious enough to where they kind of let work dictate their mental health. Like you go to work and get stressed out and then you take your stressed out ass back to work the next day and bring all your stress with you. And then you bring your home stress in, your, your external stresses as well. And now you're not even doing your job well because you're carrying so much with you and you won't talk about it. I mean, the downside is that if you talk about everything that bothers you, you do look like a Janine, but you definitely don't want to set the building on fire. So I was happy to see that Barbara came to terms with this and that people like Ava really supported this. Um, so I think all in all, Barbara learned a good lesson here and that a lot of people can take something from this as well, Gia. Yeah, and I think that it's, you know, like even... Even the best of us mess up sometimes. I am not the best of us, but Barbara is. And, mm -hmm. you know, like that, yes, we all mess up. But then for some people, there may be something else going on. And it's not just a matter of, oh, the person that we all know is being perfect has messed up once and they can't handle it. Sometimes that does happen. And it's fine to mess up. It happens to the best of us. But then also sometimes 
there's other things going on in that person's life that can add to the stressors, maybe impair their judgment a little bit. As Barbara said towards the end of the episode that, you know, she is going on with a lot at home and that has in that led to like a direct cause of her lapse in just judgment with the candle. So it's just like, there should be a way to show grace to people. And I don't know if like, because one accident happens that outright banning anything related to that afterwards is the solution, but that's kind of how the school system works a lot of the time. Yeah. It's like one thing happens and we can't afford to let that happen ever again. So we have to shut it down all across the board. And it's not necessarily the case. Like one time in 20 years does not constitute, and especially it's such a small fire, like does not constitute a banning from my point of view, but the school district going to cover their ass every time. So they did oh, what they yeah. had to do. Um, the fun part of this episode, though, is that we learned that Melissa has always wanted to be a firefighter. And, yes! Yeah, and so this is the moment she's been dying for her whole life. She grabs her kids from her classroom, takes them to go to manipulate, I mean, persuade the firemen to let her play on the truck. Um, the Shimentis have a long history of firefighting. This is her bag. Her family comes from firefighters. She loves everything about the, the, the uh, what is it, the tractor-drawn aerials on the fire truck. Um, she loves the idea. She hates fire. I mean, this is what she should be doing. But Gia, in this episode, we find out that it was the patriarchy that shut her down. You know, like it was a boys' club. And are we shocked to hear that? Typical. I swear <laughs> to God, typical. And let's be let us be clear. Of all the firemen we saw this episode, I would trust none of them other than Melissa Shimenti to save me from a fire. Yes. Let it be known here. And mm -hmm. Melissa would not have banned candles for Barbara's one mistake. She would never. Yeah, if anything, that... she thinks we should be more comfortable around candles. So I would say, like, obviously, Melissa passed up on, like, the career she was probably born for. But that is for our benefit and for the benefit of the students at Abbott Elementary because she has another calling. Yeah. And... They're safer with her around. You know, Melissa sprung into action as well. She she lined up the kids by uh, uh how flammable they are. You know, most flammable <laughs> in the front. You know, and I thought, okay, cool. And the kids responded to her. Now, was that little? Was that the little hotel boy that said we 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 uh we acted like kings and queens as we yes. should have? <laughs> I love him so much. Um, they hopefully he, he grows. Kid. Yeah, hopefully he grows out of his uh some of those hotel traits that will come later on. If he ever says grand rising, you might have to kick him out of school. But <laughs> <laughs> but right now that kid is great uh but ultimately here we see that melissa is kind of struggling because she really wants to spend time with the fire truck with the firemen and she kind of wants to talk and be a part of this boys club at first jacob doesn't understand she explains to him that you know it was the patriarchy that wouldn't allow her to do this and he's kind of like but there's there's a woman there what are you talking about and you know as men, sometimes we we do slip into that, like, what? It can't be. There's diversity here, right? There's a woman. <laughs> Girls can do this, too. Um, but when he sees her face, when they dismiss her and basically tell her, like, hey, lady, we got to go to work. We got There's a fire somewhere, right? It's like, well, if there was, wouldn't you be there? You Wouldn't you have known about it? Like, you just want to get away from her. Jacob sees her reaction, and he devises a plan. He throws his ultimate Frisbee to the top of the roof, and he goes to the fireman. He's like, hey, I got to get my Frisbee down. Initially, the firemen say, let's just throw these carrot cookies up there because nobody's eating them. <laughs> there's, a, there's a bin full of them, and they seem like they're pretty aerodynamic. Um, but Jacob's plan is to let 
uh, get the firemen to let Melissa climb up the ladder. And Gia, this woman climbs that ladder in heels. Okay. Could any of the firemen do that? Absolutely I don't not. think so. I know mm-hmm. so, actually. I don't I don't believe they have the skill, the vernacular that is necessary to perform such a task at the level that Melissa Shimenti has been able to. Yeah. She comes from a long line of firemen uh, and fire starters as well. Uh, but she does get to go to the top and kind of like, you know, I guess uh, like, I guess honor the Shiminti name really in a way. Cause I mean, that's like I said, she comes from a long line of these people. And so she was just doing what was natural for her. Uh, she climbs up there with no problem. She brings it back down. Everybody's happy. She had her moment. And I'm thinking like, you know, volunteer firefighter is probably something you could do part-time, right? Like I'm sure she could get like a little, a little something on the side if she really wanted to do the firefighter thing. Right. Do you? She could, but like volunteer is just Mm-mm. like a fancy word for unpaid. And oh, yeah, that's true. And we yeah, don't do so that. I'm just kind of like, she should be getting paid. Like, she this is not, that's yeah. a lot to be doing in your free time just because, you know, like we don't make that kind of money. That's true. That is and true. they she certainly don't make that kind of money. Like, we're in higher ed. They certainly <laughs> do not make that. <laughs> no, that is a good point. Um, the episode ends with Melissa ultimately trying Jacob's carrot cookies. Uh, and um, she actually liked them. Gia, would you try the cookies? Carrot cookie? Absolutely not. I will not try anything <laughs> with raisins. Um, any Anything, like, grown from the ground and then put into cookie form? Forget it. No. The- okay. So oh, wait, sorry, pause. So like, what about oatmeal cookies, Gia? Ooh, well, that doesn't come from the ground. That's still processed. So like, I yeah. will do oatmeal, <laughs> oatmeal chocolate chip cookie. Yes. Yeah. A perfect cookie. A perfect. A cookie. perfect cookie. Cause like it feels like it's better, but it's really not. Cause it's all the same crap in there. But instead of flour, it's oatmeal. But it's my soul. I thought I was the yes. only one who felt this way. <laughs> Yes, no, but like, no, do not give me organic cookies. That is sacrilegious. Cookies are meant to be processed in little containers in perfect shapes every time. And I am taught not to question it. Do I know everything that goes into a chocolate chip cookie or an oatmeal chocolate chip cookie? No, and I don't need to know. It's fine. (laughs) It's got the most important ingredient, chocolate. And so I'll take it. Yes, exactly. Carrot cookie. I would not try it. I am happy to hear that it is delicious, but I, that will just live on in my head. I don't fully believe her. Uh, I will never know. I will never nope. know. But uh, Gia, that brings us to the end of our two-parter here. What did you think? What did you think about overall? Like I said, we we talked about it at the beginning. You said this was cool. This is like uh, like a filler episode, or like a fun episode, kind of like a filler episode. What did you think about these two? I liked it. They're definitely mm-hmm. not my favorites of the season i think like the last two episodes that we talked about were like really really good so i think that's like that like the fundraiser episode i still think about i actually converted my mom into an ava coleman stand by showing the fundraiser episode so you know like that that's a powerful episode for me but i did really like this episode as we have said before abbott elementary does not miss i think the valentine's episode was a perfect starter valentine's day episode which i was really excited about And we learned that that Mr. Johnson is, again, the most well-adjusted man in the series and the most well-adjusted man that this uh, therapist has ever met, which, honestly, same. So I agree. And it's glad to just have that validated in the canon. Mm -hmm. So I'm very happy about that. 
Also, I am glad that they had this moment where, like, the solution at the end of the episode of the main storyline is Martha taking a or Barbara taking a mental health day mm-hmm. for her um, after the fire and spend some time with her husband. But then that the we acknowledge the fact that if it was called a mental health day to Barbara's face, she probably wouldn't have taken it, which is most likely correct Mm -hmm. but i like that even though it's not this come to jesus moment with mental health days it is acknowledging the difference and acknowledging that you know there are there are assets that we should be taking advantage of in higher ed or in education because this is a very stressful job and like mental health days are no joke like those are necessary yeah, and I want to be very clear. If you work for somebody and they give you a benefits package, take advantage of whatever those benefits are. If they're Every mental health days, drop of it. Yeah, mental health days, discounts, uh, rewards points. I'm in my my rewards points soft boy era, I guess now because I'm. All, I listen. If I ain't got a loyalty to them, I'm not doing it. I need to get some cash back or something. Uh, but yeah, you gotta take advantage of the kind of stuff because uh, these jobs ain't gonna give you much anyway. You know what I'm saying? They give you crumbs. You gotta go to work anyway. Get what is owed to you, and I think this episode definitely highlighted that. Oh, a hundred percent. And look up all of the discounts you get, especially if you are an educator, because mm-hmm. those are everywhere take advantage of all of them you don't get a prize for not using your benefits package your prizes are the benefits package exactly gia Mm -hmm. well said this was fun it was good to be back tell the people where they can find you until uh the next time we are here talking about abbott elementary uh, you can all follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at ClassicallyGia for all of my reality TV shenanigans. This is not a Survivor podcast, but, you know, I have to, as a Survivor fan myself, advertise the Survivor Diversity campaign page on Twitter at ServeDiversity. That's at S-U-R-V Diversity. While Survivor is on the off-season, I am recapping one of my favorite seasons of all time, The Blackest Season Possible, with Mm -hmm. Survivor Fiji. And we have two episodes left, and I can officially announce that my we are on episode 13, which, yes, is the car deal episode. And I will be recapping that with none other than... Marianne O'Keefe, winner of Survivor 42. And I may or may not have a pretty great guest that is also my co-host for the finale. So, you know, (laughs) all I'm saying is you do not get enough of Chappelle and I watch the watch all of Survivor Fiji, then Mm. watch the finale and then listen to us recap said finale. That is the plan. So definitely keep up with that. And I have done my draft assessment for Inside Survivor, so that will be out soon. And then I will also be doing my Survivor coverage on Silent Podcast and Inside Survivor. So stay tuned for that when Survivor 44 comes back. Uh, D, I cannot wait to talk to you about Survivor Fiji. I'm so excited. That's going to be, I think my, so my longest podcast of the episode, and this is pre-Marianne, so, you know, I don't know exactly how long that podcast will be, but my longest was with Jordan Kalish, and it was over two hours and 40 minutes, I think. So, like, I I think we could beat it. I think we might be able to. (laughs) Do not threaten me with a good time because I I am known to talk a lot. Um, 
but yeah, thank you for that, D, and I look forward to it. Uh, as y'all know, I am at Chappelle's underscore show on Twitter, and I will be posting the links to the episode recaps that I am doing as well. Um, I will have coverage of Bel Air on post on um, Peacock with my co-host Puya coming soon to post show recap. So if you haven't already, subscribe to Bel Air, a post show recap to keep up with season two shenanigans for me and Puya. As you may or may not know, Mari, Latanya Starks, and I are starting a new podcast venture called Post Show Recaps Connect where we'll be discussing the final season of Snowfall on FX. So tune into that by subscribing to Post Show Recaps. And there'll be more info on that coming soon and where to get like exclusive content from that. Um, and we might see some of my other co-hosts uh, uh, on there soon as well to talk about some other stuff. We will see. We're, just, we're still in talks. Um, so check that out on Post Show Recaps. Got a lot of stuff going on over there. Uh, also, Got some Grey's Anatomy coverage potentially coming on Post Show Recaps. I've been talking to Ariel over there, and uh, he and I have been in negotiations. Uh, and so, you know, this is Ellen Pompeo's last season. Meredith Grey is leaving the show for all intents and purposes. And so we might need to be saying some goodbyes to her in the form of a podcast on Post Show Recaps. So look for Grey's coverage over there because it's coming soon. Um, over on Rob has a podcast. Survivor 44 is upon us. The Survivor 44 draft is coming. And so check out Rob has a podcast to keep up with uh, us as we try to determine who's going to pick the winner of this season of Survivor. As there was no winner last year, this will be the first time that we are back to discuss one. So check that out uh, whenever you get a chance. Also on Rob has a podcast, Survivor Australia or Australian Survivor, I guess for that matter, is in full effect. And so I will be joining Shannon Gates uh, to talk about it for with Rob on uh, for like an hour or so next Thursday. So check that out. Uh, also on that day, there we're going to be playing some Twitch ja- uh, games, some Jackbox games on Twitch, I'm sorry, on Rob has a podcast. So it'll be me and some other people uh playing on there so if you like twitch if you like watching people play computer games check that out i'll be hanging out over there uh and then you can catch me on silent podcast big brother six one of my favorite seasons i went back in time i watched it again because i'll always watch it and isaiah is going to give us the chance to talk about it on silent podcast so if you're a fan of big brother or if you've never watched big brother before please come check out why big brother six is one of the best seasons of big brother ever um and then also on silent podcast we got some Marvel content coming. Myself and my frat brother Gabe are going to be talking about Ant-Man and, Quant- and uh, the Wasp, Quantumania. Uh, we, we really come in to talk about Kang the Conqueror. So if you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil it for you. But I hear it's a good time, at least from the Kang point of view. But you get to hear all our opinions about that on Silent Podcast. Uh, next time here on Abbott Elementary and Postal Recast, we cover episode 16, Teacher Conference, and episode 17, Mural Arts. But until then, class is over. I will talk to you all next time. Bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.